This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, everybody. It's Brittany Luce, and thank you so much for tuning in to It's Been a Minute from NPR. Before you dive into this episode, I have one small ask. If you have a spare 10 minutes, help us out by completing a short anonymous survey about how we've been doing with the show. Tell us what you like and how we could improve at npr.org slash IBAM survey. You'll be doing all of us at IBAM a huge favor. That's npr.org slash IBAM survey. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. I'm Brittany Luce, and you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, a show about what's going on in culture and why it doesn't happen by accident. Jada Pinkett Smith, welcome to It's Been a Minute. Ah, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's right. My guest today is the Jada Pinkett Smith, one of my bucket list interviews. She's a Hollywood legend, a household name, and she's a woman who makes headlines just by breathing. And when Worthy, her memoir, dropped last year, the headlines kept on coming. Jada Pinkett Smith revealed that she and Will Smith have been separated for nearly seven years. The actress discussed the time. I'm nosy, so I picked up a copy as soon as the book hit stores. And while I was riveted by the revelations about her marriage to Will Smith, the thing about Jada's memoir that really got my attention was how beautifully she wrote about her creative journey. Jada is so much more than one half of a Hollywood power couple. She's a true artist. And between all the hubbub about the slap and the separation, I think that part of her story has gotten lost. This is a woman who attended two of America's most prestigious art schools, whose work as an actress was as influenced by anime as it was experimental theater, and a woman who toured her heavy metal band across the country with Ozfest. What I love about the metal community is that you get to rage safely. Now, you can get in a mosh pit, and if you want to get your teeth knocked out, cool. From her book and our conversation, it's clear that Jada has the kind of irrepressible creativity that can't help but spill out on stage, on the page, or even on a painter's canvas. I love textures. Mm. So that's what I'm really playing with right now. And I love the juxtaposition of going from like beauty to like rough, the balance of, of both. So today we're getting into the creative life of Jada Pinkett Smith, starting with the beginning. I want to go back to the roots for a second. In your book, Worthy, you write about understanding yourself as an artist even from your early childhood, you were put into, you know, dance and theater programs as a result. But, you know, how did you know and see yourself clearly as an artist from such a young age? I think it had a lot to do with my grandmother. My grandmother was an artist and my mother's an artist. She mm -hmm. used to make jewelry. She'd make sterling silver jewelry with turquoise and Ooh. she would, you know, sand paint. Uh, sand you know, like, paint. Yeah, sand paint. You know, back in the day, you had those say, jars, you know, yes. and you would sand paint and then you put wax on top of it and make yes. like a little candle. 
She loved to sand paint. And then my grandmother was a visual artist as well. She, uh, oil painting, pottery. And so it was considered something that was really important to have artistic hmm. expression. Hmm. Hmm. Artistic expression as a principle of your home. That's huge. That's huge. It is. And I'm just thinking about it now because I'm like, it was such a norm. I was really lucky because I had a lot of friends who were visual artists. Mm -hmm. It just became part of like my peer group get down because (laughs) we went to school for art you know and so we would always get excited when and want to share with each other when we when we found something new and we're vibing on it something that i see in your art and in your book is that you are emblematic of black gen x women celebrities like women of the hip-hop generation and you know we obviously see that through some of your most iconic roles 90s classics like a different world jason's lyric Mesa society set it off but reading your book made me think about another book that i read last year i talked with donovan x ramsey who is the author of when crack was king which is a great book Mm, and he he talked about how that era of black hollywood that 90s era that you really came up in was kind of the first time Black producers and directors could really reflect on the things that they survived during the 80s. And you were in the center of all that, both as a creative and also, as you wrote about in your book, as a teenage drug dealer back in Baltimore. But you didn't just survive those times. like You you thrived and you lived well enough that you can now look back and write about it from the other side. How do you think being a part of that generation informed your desire to make art? I mean, definitely, because also being a child of an addict, as I got older, that emotional expression, you know, and really wanting to connect to others who had experienced what I had experienced, because we were really invisible. Hmm. There was this war on drugs, but nobody was talking about the devastation that Hmm. was happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And nobody was talking about the kids of that devastation. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it was almost as if our trials, our horrors, our pain was just invisible. And so having an opportunity coming to L.A. and, you know, being given somewhat of an outlet to start to, you know, express to the world what was happening within our communities. Mm -hmm. It was really an interesting time because it was it was a lot of worlds that we had to learn how to walk without any training. All of us had to learn just on the fly. You know what I mean? We had to learn on the fly. (laughs) So, you know, it was quite a firewalk. I mean, that's a form of creativity in and of itself too. trying to like, you know, build the plane as you're flying it. Absolutely. And survival is creativity. You know what I mean? Mm. And a lot of us had a lot of creative ways in which we survived. And I think that's what makes our generation so durable, so unique. To turn away from your acting for a second, I mean, you're best known for your acting, but you also had a full on new metal band, Wicked Wisdom. I mean, some people were surprised to see this 
side of you, but you said that you always loved metal and hard rock. You said in your book you wanted to be the female Axel Rose. Axel Rose, Rose. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and to a certain extent, you were able to have like a piece of that experience through Wicked Wisdom. And, you know, you toured with Britney Spears in Europe, y'all performed at Ozfest and, and toured the country. You were able to bring your kids. And mm-hmm. you, you talked about how amazing it was to be able to perform for these huge crowds and take your kids on tour and see America. But at the same time, you dealt with serious backlash from metal fans and the metal community. Absolutely. I mean, including death threats at the yeah. just the announcement of your tour. Absolutely. And, you know, you also talked about how neo-Nazis showed up at, one of your quite shows. Quite a few times. Quite, quite a, a few, few times. times. Th- throwing up the Hail Hitler sign. <laughs> yeah, quite a few times. I mean, it was really intense. I mean, at that particular time, I don't know of any other black female that was in that particular genre except for Skunk Anansi. Right. And, I mean, listen, I had so many <laughs> strikes against me. I mean, I, I, I was... A woman, first of all, Mm because even as a white woman, you have a hard time in that genre, right? True, true. So as a woman, then I'm a black woman, and then I'm a woman from Hollywood, which is the antithesis. (laughs) (laughs) The antithesis of rock and roll. Of rock and roll, right? (laughs) And surely metal, right? I was the representation of, you know, the machine itself. Yeah, it's a lot of hate out there, for sure. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of love and neutrality you know and Mm. I'll never forget going to this place somewhere in Texas where we were performing was like in this this shack right (laughs) and it it, these kids I mean these kids were from trailer communities all around right yeah yeah they didn't care they were just happy we were there seeing them and having a good time <laughs> you all were able to vibe off of each other that yeah, way you yeah you know what i mean it was this black band coming into this cornfield to rock out and <laughs> once they saw that we were ready to rock out they started moshing and that was it that's what i loved it's like we got to meet there in our rage and really have a good time with it hmm when you were talking about how, you know, there's a lot of hate out there. Yeah. You also mentioned that there's a lot of love and neutrality there as well. It's interesting that you put those together, love and neutrality. Talk to me about what you mean when you say that. Because, you know, there were people who would, you know, we first come out and people just looking like, all right, what the hell is this? <laughs> I call that neutral because it would be mm. sometimes we come out, you get called names, people throwing bottles, people right. talking shit. Right. And the neutral, you could win them over and it turned into a whole nother thing. And then as we started going, it was people who literally were Wicked Wisdom fans that you would never expect. (laughs) What do you mean when you said that you would never expect? I'm talking about bald headed, tatted dudes. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm talking about the dudes with the long hair and the bandanas and the leather, the leather vests on the bikes, on the hogs. You know what I mean? And they were like, Wicked Wisdom. That was was their band. I'd never seen a girl like you get down like that, you know? It's interesting. It's like if you have neutrality, there's a space for love to grow. There's a there's a space for love to roll. I learned a lot. And I don't judge a book by its cover anymore. It's amazing, too, that you had your kids with you. But specifically, you know, 20 years later, your daughter, Willow's 
a rock princess, basically. I mean, I was bumping her stuff. <laughs> I've yeah. been bumping her stuff since it came out with some of my favorite songs last year. But I want to know, like, she was able to grow up watching you, right? Yep. I used to bring her into the club. I would have her on the shoulders of, like, one of my security guards. Wow, yeah. And I would have her in wow. the clubs watching me perform. And she just loved it. I mean, she would be, like, freaking five, six years old. That's so cool. I mean, but, you know, I wonder, like, you know, you got to have this experience where she grew up watching you. What has it been like for you to watch Willow now in the rock space? Makes my heart light up because she does it so much better than me. First of all, let's just start there. <laughs> she does it. She really does. You know, I got to I got to give her her props cuz she's I'm a performer. You know mm. what I mean? Willow's a musician. And there mm. there's there's a big difference, right? And I mean, she didn't even put out some of her heaviest stuff. She's got some really hardcore metal, hmm. like metal that is out of this world. And <laughs> I just love it because for a woman, I think a woman needs space to rage out. I think too often hmm. we're told as women that, no, 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 you're not allowed to be intense in that way. That's that's small. not a space for you. Yeah, that's and not nice. a space for you. You got to be nice. You got to be demure. You got to be sweet. You can't, you know, and... As a mother, being able to see your daughter unapologetically express so many different sides of herself mm -hmm. is, I don't think there's anything, uh, a better gift that a mother could support her daughter around. That's so beautiful. I mean, yeah. I wonder, like, it's been about 20 years, right, since mm -hmm. you were touring with Wicked Wisdom. And I saw last year that she did a reunion for y'all on yes, Mother's Day. That was so sweet. But I wonder, like, when you're looking at her and you're hearing from her about her experiences, have you seen real change in the industry towards attitudes toward black women in rock? Absolutely. I won't say that Willow hadn't had her challenges, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But still a very white male dominated space. But I will say that it's definitely a bit more open. And she's such a, a dope musician. There have been a lot of the old school dudes who've really taken her under their wing yeah i mean i saw she had the song with travis barker yeah, and everything like that. absolutely and so i think that says a lot hmm. i'm not gonna say that there's still not a lot to change but what i will say is there's definitely allies there coming up why jada approaches her marriage like a work of art and what she wants to do next stick around Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. 
From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. To kind of turn toward a different form of creativity, you were on Fresh Air last year to talk about your memoir with the incredible Tanya Mosley. We love Tanya. And something you said really caught my ear. You described a few times your relationship to Will Smith as a, quote, masterpiece of connection. And I thought that that was such an interesting way to frame a relationship, mm-hmm. especially you know y'all's relationship is so public, yeah. and there's all sorts of stories, sorts rumors, of. <laughs> conversation, chatter. There's so much around it. Tell me more about why you think of your relationship that way as a work of art or a masterpiece of some sort. I think everybody's life is their own work of art. And then we have many pieces within it. I have a lot of ideas around marriage. And I think it can be one of the most powerful dynamics. But if you're looking to stay in a cycle of romanticism, if you're Mm. looking to stay in the honeymoon stage, if you're looking to never be betrayed, if you're looking to never be hurt, if you're looking to not have to deal with your Mm. and have to deal with the of someone else don't get married date it's like you can't have a work of art like when you were talking about your painting earlier without the different without the tension of the different colors or the different mm-hmm. textures it's not going to come together or even like if you're baking a cake you can't make a cake with all sugar <laughs> you, you cannot to... make a cake with all sugar <laughs> you can't make and a cake with all sugar in one lifetime we've lived about 20 and mm. so it's it's quite a tapestry if i if i had to say what kind of art piece our union is I would say it is a tapestry you know if you don't mind we want to make sure that we have our facts straight what's going on with you Amal? are you all back together still together <laughs> we are together but we are together in a way that works for us and that's really difficult to explain is that because it's something that veers from what many people think of when they first think oh marriage Exactly. You're in the same house. You're getting up every day having eggs. We enjoy what we are. You are all the two people in the relationship. So if you enjoy what you are. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, I I tell them all the time. I'm like, I don't know if anybody will ever understand, but it doesn't matter. We've tried to be apart several Hmm. times. It's a God thing. It's above you is what you're saying. It's above. I was going to say, you got your hands raised like. It's above us. It's above above (laughs) us. You know what I mean? And so at some point you just go, all right, cool. We're together (laughs) in a way that works for us. And hopefully maybe at some point, you know, he and I have talked about at some point, you know, maybe talking about that journey. But I think that it needs a little time. I think, you know, when people put your relationship in this kind of romantic, we want, you know, it needs to be relationship goals. It's like, nah, that's not what being in a partnership is about. I read both your book and Will's book. And there are a lot of things that you talk about in your book 
that he already had mentioned or talked about in his mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And yet I felt like there was a disproportionate reaction to how <laughs> I'm serious to how to how you know people responded to you talking about your relationship yeah. in your book versus how people responded to him talking about your relationship in his book. How do you think about that? That has a lot to do with sexism. You know mm. what I mean? And you know, as women, I think it's why we're oftentimes so quiet. You know, why it's oftentimes we feel like we can't tell our stories. We can't share our stories because if it's not in alignment with the patriarchal idea of how a woman should be, Hmm. which is be quiet, be happy, smile, do not create any disruption. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And be grateful. Were you surprised by people's reaction to that aspect of the book or, or were you expecting that? I was expecting it. Really? Oh, hell yeah. And you still were like, I got to do this. Hell yeah. I know for me, I would not be here if it weren't for some courageous women in my life to share their stories with me. And people can be upset and they'll be okay. (laughs) Speaking about that patriarchal lens, very often we're used to seeing stories of men, maybe they're cheating or they're failing over and over again. They're they're letting other people in their lives down. But eventually they learn and then they're on the other side and then isn't that so great. But if you hear from, you know, the woman who got stepped on, yeah. <laughs> then people have a problem. We're so used to seeing the hero's journey. How many stories of the heroine's journey have we heard hmm. that really are like thorough? And I know everybody's gonna trip and be like, what? But for me it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. How she went from innocence into falling in love with this vampire into losing the love of this vampire who is of the light. Then she goes, you know, into this dark space where she falls into love with this dark vampire and she goes into the underworld. But it's not linear. It's It's not linear. It's a spiral. Huh. Right? And so I loved it so much. That was the first time I was like, because... The way that they told her story and going into that feminine shadow, because that that's what people get upset about. The feminine is something to deal with, okay? <laughs> and people are terrified of it. Having the courage to be with all that we are, even in the face of the disappointment and the anger and resentment that comes with the breaking of the romantic idea around Mm. the feminine. Hmm. Part of the freedom and part of the empowerment of woman is being able to withstand that. That is such an interesting way to think about your book and the reaction to it. So to switch gears a little bit and thinking about journey makes me also think about career. I want to touch on a big conversation that has been happening lately, bubbling lately all over Hollywood. In its most recent iteration, Taraji P. Henson kicked it off by talking about the pay disparity and just the general disrespect that even the most successful Black actresses in Hollywood have to deal with. You get tired. Mm -hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Mm -hmm. Have to. Mm -hmm. The math ain't mathing. And as a Black Hollywood veteran, some of the stories that she's shared and others have piped up and shared over the past couple of months... Does this ring true for you? And if so, how has that shaped your career? Absolutely. My heart broke for Taraji. And I was also happy 
you know, that her courage, how courageous she was to speak about it in the way that she did, you know. It's hard to speak about. One of the things with Taraji, she she is the breadwinner of her family. Mm -hmm. Her pressures would be different than mine. Sure. I have to put that out front because... You know, if it's time to walk away, you can't, you can't, always, that's not always the solution. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't. Because what people don't understand as well, with us as black entertainers, we carry a lot of people with us. Right. It could be parents, siblings. You're Absolutely. paying for other people's, other people's lives and comfort. I find that that's unique. There are peers from, from other cultures that don't necessarily do it that way. As you explained, you... You know, being married to another hugely successful Hollywood megastar, it might make things financially eke out different for you as a Black actress than others. But there's still the matter of what Taraji was talking about with, like, you know, not having trailers or not having appropriate food or not having to drive themselves back and forth to set. People being cheap with yeah. with the things that you need to work every day. I mean, not being offered the same amount of money for the same work as, you yep. know, maybe a white actress or something. Yep. I mean, those are still things that you've had to deal with or it seems that oh, you've had to deal with. Yes. People will would literally say, well, you don't need it. You're married to Will. Wow. Yeah. I've heard that several times. I noticed that you don't act as much or as frequently as you used to. Is is that part of why, that kind of dynamic? Um, that has a lot to do with it. And hmm. also wanting to get on the other side to kind of help remedy that as a producer. And then mm-hmm. just wanting to bring more of my influence behind the scene. It's not to say that I won't get in front of the camera, but what it takes for me to get in front of the camera. It's more. It's more just in regards to the kind of roles that I want to play or, or that interests me. And I'm, I'm thinking about directing. I am, I am starting to think about oh. doing that. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, we've been talking about everything from music to acting, producing, painting. What are you working on now? And also, do you have any, um, any info, anything you want to share about a possible girl's trip too? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about a girl's trip too. IMDb is saying different. <laughs> That's is it? IMDb says y'all are in pre-production. <laughs> That's interesting. All right. Well, there it is. So right now, I've just been decompressing from the book. The book to me is like one of the projects I'm most proud of in a long time. It sounds like you're working on Jada is what it sounds like. Oh, well, I'm always working on Jada. That that's a, That's always. That's just always. Makes me think about what you were saying earlier about a masterpiece. It's like the greatest masterpiece could be yourself, the relationship you have with yourself. You know, the relationship with yourself is the greatest masterpiece. Jada, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your heroine's journey with all of us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Jada Pinkett Smith. Her memoir, Worthy, is out now. Hey everybody, Brittany Luce here, and thank you so much again for listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. Before you leave, I have one small ask. If you have a spare 10 minutes, you can help us out by completing a short anonymous survey about how we've been doing with this show. Tell us what you like and how we can improve at npr.org slash IBAM survey. You'll be doing all of us here at IBAM a huge favor. That's npr.org slash I-B-A-M survey. Thank you so much.
This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Liam McBain. This episode was edited by Jessica Placzek. Engineering support came from Gilly Moon. Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. Our VP of programming is Yolanda Sanguini. All right, that's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.